And a very good morning to you. Thank you for starting your day with the KBND Morning News. And in the stress list this morning, Chief Mike Krantz, Ben PD. Mike, good morning, sir. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for spending some time coming in with us here today. Um, let's talk first about the, the website. The dashboard is what we've referred to it as. What's your official name for it? So it's the Ben Police Data Hub. And this is a, a new data source that we've put out to the community. It's been in the works for... I've been here uh, three years, and it's been in the work since I've been here, starting to figure out ways to actually get to the data that we have and have access to the data and then bring it to life on a dashboard for, for our community to see. And it's been, uh, we're really happy to get it out. The website is policedata.bendoregon.gov. Really easy to find. And there's a lot of information on there. There is. We've started with an, an we hope this is the first iteration. So we started with five dashboards um, that are available to the community. The first uh, dashboard is calls for service. That's something that everyone's always interested in about how many calls do we go out to? Uh, what type of things are we doing? The types of calls we take, the days and times, uh, a lot of filters someone could put on there. As well as there's a GIS uh, portion in there. So it's a map and the mapping can be filtered through date and time, uh, neighborhood, police district, call types, and that shows all the different call types that we go to. So that's that's a real interesting, just quick picture that people can look at if they're interested in pulling up data for their neighborhood, data for the city or the community, and they can look at what type of calls we're going to as a police department and how many. I think what people will be surprised at uh, is, because I'm surprised every time I look at it, is just the growth. Uh, we've already seen a 3.5% call increase this year. Uh, compared to year-to-date last year. So we've continued to see these call increases, um, seeing a demand for our service increase. And uh, the good thing is what we're seeing a slight reduction, and very small, but it's still a reduction, uh, is reported crimes. So those are a little bit lower. Uh, Not much, just about 1% or so, but it's a little bit lower or consistent, uh, which is good news. Um, And then the next, the next dashboard you're going to see on there is the case offenses, so reported crimes, reported case reports. So that'll be a little more in-depth around the types of crimes that we're taking reports on. Again, uh, you can have a, just a dashboard or it can filter by, um, by neighborhood and see it on a map. So it's real good information for our community to be able to see. And then we have our bias crime dashboard, and that shows what bias crimes have been reported in the city and we've taken reports on. We have a mental health dashboard that narrows down the types of calls we've gone to that are involved around mental health and crisis. The really nice uh, data point around that that dashboard that I like to see is that we started a partnership with Deschutes County, and we've talked about this before on the air uh, not that long ago. And since that time, what we've seen is a a really marked uh, decrease in response for police officers to calls that involve mental health crisis. And our partners are taking those calls rather than sending police officers when we're not needed to be on scene. And that dashboard really highlights that reduction. And then we have a, uh, a dashboard on, and this is pretty unique to Bend. We use a lot of drones, and uh, we have a dashboard on where our drone flights are. So our community can be informed about they see a drone or something's happening. Afterwards, they can look at where, you know, where was a drone flight? Was there a police drone somewhere near me? Um, and uh, that'll, that'll be useful and pretty transparent about the work we're doing um, with, the, with the UAS program. We've talked about that. We're a, we're a heavy user of the UAS drone program. It really helps our community and our first responders uh, respond to, to incidents and respond to crimes. It's an amazing website. Again, I'll give you this, policedata.bendoregon.gov. 
And it is pretty cool to be able to go through there and take a look at it. Once the novelty wears off, however, what's your real objective in getting this done? Because, like you said, it took three years to do it. It did take take a while. Um, the objective is is really transparency around what we do. Um, it is, you know, sure there'll be some folks who look at it now because we're talking about it, and maybe the novelty will wear off. But there are people who are who are really interested in that data and will stay informed and share that with the community. There's also a lot of uh, research organizations, universities even some high school programs that will use that data for uh, learning and teaching their own uh, classes around how to use data. So the the availability of it regularly on there, updated daily every morning at 6 a.m. for the community is important, as well as a lot of other institutions. Um, something that we, we get a lot of requests for data as well, uh, public records requests for some of this type of data, and it's, it's, it'll be a lot easier for us to refer someone to the website than have to use staff time to pull that data or try and find it every time we get a public records request. So that's another piece of information that it's also an, an efficiency piece that now that it's automatically updating and running every day, people can just go to that website and find the data they're looking for instead of spending their own time making a public records request, having our staff look through it and try and find it. Um, and we hope that this data will really show the community what we're doing whenever they want to know. And, uh, and that, that's for us is important too. Now that it's up and built, does it require extra manpower to keep it going? It, it always has some maintenance pieces and, and our, um, our, our, our city folks who built the program and, and run it will, um, always have some maintenance and their servers and things that run it. But generally it automatically updates now every day. It, it should generally run itself. But there's always maintenance pieces with with IT um, pieces. You know the 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 this is the first iteration too. Um, we're hoping we'll continue to build on this as we go. That's really again, it's it's pretty amazing site. It's policedata.bendoregon.gov. If you want to go look that up and just browse through the website and and uh, see what's what's there, because you get uh, all sorts of different parameters to check out. Absolutely. All right, let's talk uh, e-bikes then as well. Um, we're gonna. It's it's so far been kind of an education program. Looks like you're gonna make a little transition. Yeah, what we've really started was in May. We began a pretty heavy education program, trying to put um, on all of our channels out information about rules around e-bikes, why safety is important, uh, why there's age requirements around e-bikes, and we've discussed some of the press releases on some of the collisions that have occurred. And we've, uh, we've really put it out heavy. We've worked with a lot, a lot of our folks around the city to put, that, put those uh, messages out. Uh, we've talked about it on the media. We've talked about it on your show. And I think um, what we're trying to transition to is enforcement around some of the real reckless behavior. Uh, what we're seeing is uh, people that are riding them, not everybody, and that's really important, is that the vast majority of people are doing exactly what they should be doing with e-bikes, using them for a great cause and, and getting to where they need to go. But there are some folks who are using them and being pretty reckless, being careless with them, riding in and out of traffic, and um, not following many of the rules that e-bikes are required to follow, and also having bikes that are generally a class that are pretty fast. So it's really difficult for traffic to track where bikes are at when they're real fast and coming up in areas they're not usually at. So it's really about traffic safety in the end. But uh, we've asked our uh, patrol teams to begin enforcement around e-bikes around the behavior that we're seeing that is just super problematic. 
Do you expect that uh, the education program has worked? Maybe the the compliance part of it might might, might not be so big. That's what we hope. Uh, we did a lot um, about you know really getting that message out, uh, trying to share the age requirements for the for the state for e-bikes, which is generally 16 years old. Um, the passenger requirements, which they're not supposed to have passengers unless they're created for it. Helmet requirements for anyone riding them as suggested. And then the rules around e-bikes where you can and can't be. So we've shared a lot of that. We've 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 hit those messages a lot. So we we think that the message got out to a lot of people, but not everyone gets the messages, or not everyone really um, heeds the messages. And we still have folks out there that we observe that uh, that we get reports on from the community where there's just some dangerous behavior going on, and we want to be able to address that. Okay. Um, also, uh, Heather reminds me that Commute Options has a free online safety course at their website. Highly recommended that if people are going to be on e-bikes to take a safety course to really understand it. The biggest thing is traffic uh, in vehicles are used to bikes in, the, in our roadways. We've all been around bikes for many years. There's bike lanes. The difference is you also are used to how fast those bikes pedal at and where they're generally going to be at. So if you see one and you pass it, you know kind of where it's going to be at. People aren't used to passing a bike and then having a, an e-bike come up at 20 miles plus per hour past them or in a, a turning area where they weren't expecting them to be at. So that causes a lot of interference and problems and eventually collisions. So we're really trying to have people understand their role as an e-bike rider as well. Okay. Now, I know you can't ride them on the sidewalks. Uh, can they ride in traffic? They can ride in traffic. They can ride in bike lanes. And uh, they have to follow all traffic rules, just like every other bicycle. Um, essentially, when an, a bike is in traffic, it's treated as a vehicle. So all the same requirements, um, you know, hand signals, hand brake signals, um, have to have headlights at night, rear, rear light at night. You have to follow all the same rules and traffic patterns. If you're careless or your riding behavior is something that we see uh, would believe to be careless, it's also potential to get a careless driving citation. So it is pretty important to uh, follow the rules and understand your role as an e-bike rider. All right. Ben Police Chief Mike Krantz, my guest this morning. Mike, great to see you. Thank you. Thanks very much for coming in. Appreciate it. And again, that website, policedata.bendoregon.gov.